The Fantasy Six-Pack Hour. With your hosts, Joe Bob. Ah, you're awful. And A.J. Applegar. Sin Shu Chu. It's a mouthful. All right, welcome to the Fantasy Six Pack Hour. My name is Joe Bond, founder of FantasySixPack.net. With me as usual, my co-host, AJ Abergarth. What is up, man? It's a long week. I'm <laughs> for it to be over. You got some vacation coming up, man, right? Uh, maybe. Maybe? I, I don't know. I got to... We had some some new findings that uh, just happened this evening, so we'll we'll see. Oh, nothing, nothing negative, you know, uh, health wise for for anyone in the family. Well, my dog, uh, she's Jeez. she's kind of been on and off having some seizures. So she uh, she had one tonight and I didn't realize that she was in the kitchen because we were eating dinner. So my daughter is sitting there like laughing, thinking it's something funny. It's like, what? No, 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 no. That's not funny. <laughs> so, oh, geez. Sorry to hear, man. I didn't yeah. know about that. She's been um, on. She's been on medicine. She's been doing pretty well. So we'll see what happens. But uh, anyway, not to be a, a Debbie Downer. Let's let's start the show and on a, on a better note here and uh, talk about beer or other stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so before we get going, though, uh, make sure you guys subscribe, follow us. We're on YouTube, Periscope. Uh, you, if you're listening, you know after the fact, it's it's. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, you name it. So make sure you follow us, like us, subscribe, whatever it is on whatever channel you're listening to us. We appreciate the support. Um, so big news tonight is NFL opt-out date passed by with not a lot of fanfare, honestly. Uh, it was pretty uh, pretty good news. You know, Last week we talked about Damian Williams opting out. So the I was kind of expecting a couple big bombs um, to drop, and, and they, they just didn't. Uh, at least fantasy wise, I know we've got a lot of you know defensive guys that have opted out. New England has a lot of guys, but this this week, man, they extended it, and I was just worried. Especially, you heard those rumors where you know they were going to work out the the contract talk for the you know for the uh, CBA and stuff like that, and and just you know get all that stuff settled. And they did earlier in the week, and then they extended it a few more days to give people time to think about it. And like you heard, like oh, people are waiting for that to make sure it is what they think it's going to be, and it's going to be good for them. And then, I, just like nothing. So uh, I mean, Josh Jackson opted out today. Uh, okay, I kind of forgot he was playing. So yeah. <laughs> I I thought he opted out like three seasons ago, but uh, okay, <laughs> welcome back. Yeah. So uh, good news there. Uh, the baseball side. We've still got a mess. You know, the Cardinals, you know, tested positive a bunch. And the Marlins are back playing, obviously smoking our Orioles, unfortunately. <laughs> like how we listen to the Marlins three times. Like, uh, okay, we just swept the race. Tampa Bay, and then we're now you can't even get runs. I Although I did see uh, uh, Renato hit a, another bomb tonight. So see if uh, Nunez can can keep himself a little hot the lone bright spot for the Orioles I feel like but I, I don't know baseball uh, as you've seen by my uh, uh, attendance to the closer chart I uh, have not been paying much attention this year so it's far. been it's been a rough season I follow man I'm not gonna lie like I, I pretty much got burnt out within the first couple of weeks the first 
uh, first couple of weeks, barely been a couple of weeks. The first week when, you know, all the postponements happened and then I I had a slew of Orioles or yeah, I had a bunch of Orioles on my team because I just got a couple of their pitchers late on all my different teams. I had a bunch of Marlins. I had a bunch of Yankees. I had a bunch of Phillies. And like I'm sitting here going, I've got like Bryce Harper and those kind of guys on the Phillies. I can't drop them. Right. You know, I've got vr on the marlins like i can't drop these guys so i just sit here with postponements they're not COVID ir guys so i can't put them on the ir and pick somebody else up i'm just sitting on pbds for a week so i there's like nothing like i should have expanded rosters like five spots thinking that that was i didn't realize that that type of stuff was going to happen i knew like the COVID ir stuff was going to happen so i expanded the ir slots so i didn't yeah. think to expand rosters in extra five or six to make up for like all the postponements that were going to happen so i mean like we're in a roto league in our fantasy six-pack league right i looked at my uh my game tracker for like getting to the max games i'm like negative 50 on pace for second base because vr was my only second baseman and i'm like well what do i do about this so i'll never catch up i mean it's not going to be negative 50 when it's all said and done but like that's the pace i'm on right now because he didn't play but like three games as of yesterday yeah, so it's just like it's just crazy. So hopefully things get better. You know, that seems like maybe some more some more teams are taking it more seriously. We'll see. Hopefully uh, the big thing is hopefully football can can figure it out, too, and, and not have this totally blow up. So in their face, too. So but yeah, let's get on some more happy news and do our beer of the week. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. So, AJ, you go ahead and go first, man. All right. Well, I'm uh, dipping into another Kushwa brewing here, the situational awareness. Um, it is their uh, IPA, I believe, with uh, yeah, New England IPA, double IPA. With Galaxy, Motueka, and Citra Hops. Hopefully I pronounced that right. Um, so, yeah. I had one of these the other day, and it was it was quite delicious. So, decided nice. I'd bring it back for the show. Yeah. Because um, we make some very nice brew. Um, I am drinking my fourth of the four-pack. I've saved this for a couple of weeks. Other half, Space Diamonds, Double Dry Hopped Imperial IPA. 8.5%. Um, it's got galaxy, tons of galaxy hops. Um, it's just, it's malty, but man, it's, it's, it's smooth at the same time, man. I gave this a 4.75 out of five on untapped. It's easily one of my favorite beers I've ever had. Like I, I, I've tried a couple other half beers and, um, like my friends suggested them and the place I went to had a bunch you know, off and on, but they, they go quick. So I kept getting like the, the second rate other half beers, which are still good. They're still like three and three quarters, like four, but they're like just standard IPAs at that point. Yeah. Um, I got this one and I was like, 
oh my god like <laughs> incredible now i know what all the rave is about these this brewery is good it's up in new york it's hard to find down here unfortunately but uh that downtown crown brewery place that uh you finally went to has a bunch of them so they are yep. they are solid so all right man so this week we are talking nfc west it is our last 2020 preview um we're bringing on friend of the show Jeff Lambert, founder of GoingForTwo.com and host of the Armchair Fantasy Show. Jeff, what's up, man? You there? Yeah, what's up, guys? How y'all doing? Good, good. good. Buddy. Glad to be uh, back on the show. Yeah, man. Yes. Uh, glad to have you back. It was a good time the last time, so uh, we figured we'd do it again. <laughs> uh, so I see your uh, your lovely bar background there. I love it. Uh, fits <laughs> it fits in with our there. theme. So we, we'll, we'll take it. So. Disappointed, I, I couldn't uh, couldn't uh, you know uh, contribute to the the beer of the week this week. Uh, went to the fridge tonight and realized I drank my last beer last night on my show, so I'm drinking flavored water tonight. So, ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good. Man. That's that's rule number one. Don't run out of beer in a pandemic. Yes, no yes. kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no kidding. So, all right. So how we're gonna do this, Jeff? Is uh, you know we'll, we'll run through the positions. We'll do some. Um, We'll do some uh, ADP rundowns and then go through and just hit some hot topic questions. And uh, that's pretty much it. But a little surprise. I don't send you this beforehand. I kind of like to surprise all the guests. Is we've, got a, uh, we've got a question. Just a generic football question. Doesn't have to be fantasy related. Your answer, at least. Um, and it's just about the division. So, you know, last year, right, San Francisco, unbelievable turnaround. You know, they went 4-12 and the year before. Obviously, Jimmy G was hurt. Defense was trash. Um, Thirteen and three made the Super Bowl. They've still got Seattle. They got oncoming Arizona. The Rams are always still sort of potent, but I think they're on the decline right now. I mean, are they still the number one seed coming out of that division and the NFC, or you thinking someone else can can take it over? Well, obviously, being a fan, I think that we're the number one seed. But I do see that, you know, I, I think that top to bottom, this is the best division in football. Because um, like you mentioned, I mean, we had Seattle. They took us toe-to-toe two games during the regular season down to the wire. You know, could have easily won those two games. They would have got the, the division instead of us. Um, and you, the Rams, you know, Super Bowl, you know, just two years ago, a few years ago, they were in the Super Bowl, and they're still, they're still a good offense. And Arizona is sort of like the sleeper pick for everybody to kind of be the up-and-coming next team. So top to bottom is the best division in football, so it will be tough for us to repeat. Um, and obviously now we got a first-place schedule instead of a last-place schedule like we had last year. Right. Um, so that's going to hurt us a little bit as well. And, and I looked at our schedule, and we got some tough matchups. We go to New Orleans again, which is a tough place to play. We won there last year, but two years in a row is going to be hard to do. Um, so, I, you know, I think – 49ers and, and Seahawks, I think, are be the two that are going to be fighting for the number one again. And I do think it'll come down to the wire. It'll come down to that last game like it did last year. And, you know, I'm going to say my team still gets the, the, the division here, but I don't think it's going to be uh, – I don't be it, it won't be 13-3. and three. I think it'll be more like, a, you know, 11 or 12 win season because that, that division is just too good. Yeah, yeah I uh, – you know, Seattle's top-notch. They've always got the, the veteran presence there, and there's Russell Wilson's hard to beat, man. The defense was a lot better last year than than I think everybody thought it was going to be, and it'll probably be just as good this year. San Francisco's pretty nasty, but uh, the offense isn't isn't scary, man, except for the run game. Like, the offense doesn't really scare you. Um, well, we'll see, be- the fu- funny thing is people think that, but if you look at last year, we were the second-leading scoring team in the NFL. 
you know, people don't realize that. Like we were the we were right behind Baltimore, and, and you know, we were a, we were a potent offense. We just weren't the one that, you know, we wouldn't put up the flashy big numbers. We were just running the ball down everybody's throat, and that's you know putting up big numbers that way. And defense, of course, was scoring for us as well. Uh, and then on that Seattle defense, I mean, they went out and got uh, um, Adams in that big trade, you know, for the first couple first round mm-hmm. picks, and that kind of put them over the top a little bit to make me a little bit more nervous about this season. And I think they overpaid because we also were going after him. And I think if we would have got him, it would have put us sort of at a little bit of an edge. So they overpaid for that reason so that he wouldn't end up with us. Yeah, yeah. that's going to yeah. happen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, looking looking at the schedule last year, I mean, you said it. They they were potent. I mean, they had a ton of very high-scoring games, and their their margin was pretty good, too. I mean, there's only a few games where they were within, you know, like three to, to seven points. So, um you can do that all year long. You're you're gonna win a lot of games. Uh, you know, as long as you're on the better side of that. It's yeah, my Madden think, comment for the night. So <laughs> I think uh, we had a stretch of uh, four games, maybe five. Uh, it was the the worst stretch of games in NFL history. It was like Baltimore, uh, Green Bay, New Orleans, um, and there's one more team that thrown in there. Atlanta. Oh, and yeah, it was like the as far as record goes, the worst stretch in NFL history for us. I mean, for any yeah. team for that matter. Yeah, they're uh, they're good, man. I, I I like watching this offense. I think uh, I think Jimmy G's a good uh, good game manager. So we'll we'll talk about him here in a little bit. So why don't we uh, why don't we kick off with the quarterbacks, Joe? Let's see what we got. Yeah, absolutely. So let's do the uh, the ADP here for the quarterbacks and leading the way is Kyler Murray at three. I feel like this has changed in the last couple of weeks. I think we did the NFC East just two weeks ago, three weeks ago, whatever it is. And Dak was a three, so I was kind of surprised to see Kyler jump back up there. Uh, <clears throat> Russell Wilson, a.k.a. Unlimited, um, <laughs> at number four. Jared Goff, 19, and then your boy Jimmy G at number 20. So right off the bat here, I mean, let's talk about Kyler Murray. And I, I can't think – like, I love the talent. I love the excitement behind this guy. I owned him last year in, in fantasy. I got him super late as, like, a QB2 just for the hell of it. Um, I can't help but think that he's getting the Baker Mayfield treatment this year. And, you know, as Baker got last year and, like, all the hype in the world and, like, it didn't happen. I mean, is Kyler different or are we, we overreacting here? Uh, I think Kyler is different, and I do think you're overreacting, and I'll I'll tell you a couple of reasons why. One, uh, I think the Browns, the hype around the Browns was even more so than the Arizona Cardinals because they were like Super Bowl contenders, basically, is what they were putting them at. And I just think that pressure kind of got to them a little bit. Uh, Not to mention they changed coaches. I mean, they had the coach at the end of the year was like the interim coach or whatever. But, you know, they had a a new coach, new offense. It didn't work out. It wasn't a very good offense. You know, Kyler's going from the same system he was in last year. So there's no reason why I would think it'd be too much different. Now he's got DeAndre Hopkins, you know, a, a, a sure stud, you know, number one receiver there. Uh, and I do think uh, his legs helps him as well. I mean, he's going to get yards on his legs, gives him a, a solid floor just to begin with. And, you know, Baker doesn't really do that. He has legs to get, you know, out of the pocket and make, you know, nice throws outside of the pocket, but he's not going to run that ball as much as uh, Kyler Murray is. So you get that as well. So, and I just don't think the pressure is there for Kyler Murray. I mean, you don't see Kyler Murray in, in a 400 commercials like you did Baker Mayfield. Uh, they're not predicting the Cardinals to be a Super Bowl contender. Uh, no one even thinks they can, you know, they might get third in the division because of the division that they're in. They're just in a tough mm-hmm. division. So they don't have that same hype, that same pressure. 
so they can come out and just, you know, be a, a sort of the upset uh, kind of team where they get those victories where you don't expect them to get those victories. Yeah, I, I'm not buying into these comparisons here. I, I think they're just different quarterbacks altogether. Um, Jeff, you hit it on the head there. I mean, Baker's not much of a, a running threat as you're going to get with Kyler. Um, I mean, he can run the ball, sure, but it, it's not really going to be his go-to if the line folds and he's got a ton of you know linebackers coming his way. Um, I, I would say he's got Baker has more weapons, but I mean, now that you got D Hop there, it's it's hard to say that um, is really the the case anymore. But I like both of them. Uh, I think we'll see what happens. And uh, yeah, I, I don't I don't buy the comparison though. So Joe, you you have any uh, input on the this? I mean, look, I, I like him. I'm not taking him at number three uh, as the third quarterback. I've got him down around five six. I don't have my rankings pulled up right now, unfortunately. Um, I'm trying to pull him up right now, but uh, it, it's it's one of those, you know, the legs are going to save him and give him fantasy value uh, more often than not, I think. And so that's going to help his floor. Um, but, you know, is he going to be a top five quarterback? I don't know. You know, he's he's going to have some real huge weeks. I know that for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. that's going to be his thing there is consistency. And even last year, I think he ended up QB seven, I think, last year in most leagues. And it wasn't that he was consistent all year long as he had those big games then he had games where he didn't really show up at all. So, you know, look at your, the year at numbers. Like, oh, he's QB7. He was really good last year. But really, if you owned him, you're like, no, a few games he pretty much killed me because he didn't show up in those games. Yeah. Um, so that's, you know, I think if he can get that consistency down, he'll be he'll be a really good quarterback going forward. And um, I pulled up my rankings. I actually have him at four. I have him behind Dak Prescott. Actually, you mentioned him earlier. So I have him sitting at four right now for redraft. All right. Well, speaking of rankings, uh, I feel like – you got to be dropping Mr. Russell Wilson here because of that ridiculous video. I, I mean, am I right? Am I right? He's, he's flying down your rankings now. Yes. Q, yeah. QB 47. Um, just kidding. Just kidding. You, you can't drop him because of, you know, off the field video uh, videography. But I mean, when you look at Wilson here, this is, this is one of the guys who's been one of the most consistent quarterbacks year after year after year and you know he's been to super bowls he he gets his team where it needs to be to succeed um but it always seems like we have these excuses on why we think that he's not going to do it every year i mean you, you had the reduced rushing then you don't have enough passing attempts and touchdowns i mean the list goes on for for these excuses but you know, he's passing more, running less, but he still performs, you know, every year. So I guess people are believing in him, but do you? Yeah, I actually never stopped believing in him. I wasn't one of those people that were like, you know, Russell Wilson's going to be running less, so you want to drop him in your rankings. I was always, he's he's one of the most, not only the most consistent, but one of the most efficient quarterbacks, you know, in the NFL. People think of him as a running quarterback, but he's not. I mean, he's more of a, he, he wants to pass the ball on the field. His first thought isn't to run the ball. It's to look down the field and, and buy time and then find that big play down the field. Yeah. And I think, you know, coming into last year, the big thing was that he was too efficient the year before. Like, oh, that can't make he can't maintain that. I think at um, you looked at uh, him and Tyler Lockett 
as far as their passer rating. They had a perfect passer rating whenever he tar- targeted Tyler Lockett, which has never happened in NFL history. People like, oh, that can't happen again. He didn't quite do it again last year, but he came pretty darn close to doing it again with Tyler Lockett last year. So at some point, you got to be, all right, well, he can keep doing it because he has kept, kept doing it. I do think that this year will be the same thing. You know, I, I think he's got more weapons now. I think Metcalf takes the next step. Uh, Lockett will come back and be healthy. He's got a good stable of running backs with Chris Carson, Rashad Penny, and the guy they drafted this year. I can't think of his name right now. Um, you know, they got they got some pieces there. So they even got, you know, a, a new tight end now. They still have Disley coming back if he can come back healthy. Mm-hmm. So that offense is going to be good enough to to get Russell Wilson to be con- consistent one more year. Yeah, I, I love Wilson. Um, he, he's definitely in, like, my top five quarterback range uh, easily. I mean – I was kind of one of those guys, I'm not going to lie, like early in his career when, you know, he was having 600 and then he had that like almost 850 yard rushing year. Um, but like, yeah, he was getting rushing touchdowns, getting all the yards and then, but like the passing volume wasn't there, but then we saw the, the rushing yards start to drop and you're like, Oh no. Like, well, if he can't keep that up, is he going to be able to pass it? Is this offense going to, it wasn't that could he do it? It was like, is the offense going to allow him? Is Pete Carroll building that offense to where he's going to be able to let allow, uh, or trust Russell Wilson to pass as much as he needs to, to keep his fantasy value up. And so I did discount him a little bit in the beginning. I was wrong, obviously, because he is proving us now that he can do it. Um, he's never going to be a 4,800 yard, 5,000 yard, you know, type passer, but you're right. Efficiency is key for him. He's going to get a ton of touchdowns because he just his completion percentage is high and he can still scramble out of the pocket enough to not make mistakes. And that's key. Like he's not going to let, he's not going to ruin the drive because he can't move with his legs. I think when that aspect of his game dies, I think we're going to see Russell Wilson go away. But until then I'm, I'm, I'm all in on him. Yeah. I think there's an interesting stat too. If you look at his receivers. So one thing you look at, when you look at receivers is, is end zone targets. You know, how many times they had targeted in the end zone, uh, Tyler Lockett and Metcalf both in the top five. Like he's yeah. throwing the ball into the end zone, so you can't you can't argue with that. He's gonna get touchdowns. I mean, you look at he had thirty four and in seventeen, he had thirty five in two thousand eighteen, he had thirty one last year. I mean, and he's not throwing the ball like you said as much as these other quarterbacks are, and nope. the the touchdown rate is ridiculous. Yeah, you'd say with most guys, like he couldn't keep that rate up. They're not gonna keep that rate up. Like you know, Matt Ryan's a huge example. You know, we've talked about him. Like he's had those like peak years where he goes way up in his touchdown rate, and then the next year it just drops. Because that's the natural regression of what it is. But he's never peaked at that like nine, ten range like some of those guys. But he's he's gone to like eight, but then it drops like six. That's not a huge killer. Yep. It, it's just not. He's had one bad year where it was like three point eight. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, efficiency is key and consistency is key for fantasy football purposes. So, I like Russ. Yeah. So moving on here to the Rams, we've got Jared Goff. You know couple years ago amazing you know that offense was just unstoppable McVay comes in and just shocks the world with that offense Goff, you know was supposed to be this big bust and ends up being like a near MVP candidate it was crazy um threw for 32 passing TDs that year 4,600 yards last year he threw for 4,600 yards 22 touchdowns a little more interceptions, like three or four more interceptions, so not drastically different. But the offense just wasn't as efficient, wasn't as explosive. I mean, maybe it was the Todd Gurley effect of him not being fully healthy. The offensive line wasn't quite as good. 
lots of lots of reasons why. Um, but he's not going to have Cooks this year, and he definitely doesn't have Gurley this year. So, I mean, what are we what are we feeling for Goff in 2020? I think it's going to be a bounce back season, um, and I think a lot has to do with with uh, the running back they drafted this year, Cam Makers. I do think. He's not Todd Gurley, don't get me wrong, but he can do the same things that Todd Gurley can do or used to do in this offense. Uh, the big thing that, you know, from from the year that he had that really good season until last year is is Todd Gurley didn't get a lot of targets last year. I think he went from, I think he had 81 or 85, I think, in, in 2018. Down to 49. Yeah, down to 49. And, yep. you know, those, are, those are easy, efficient passes that, you know, resulted in touchdowns that he wasn't getting, you know, last year because he wasn't targeting Todd Gurley, you know, at, at all, really. And when you're throwing a ball down the field to, you know, to those receivers running three wide sets, sometimes four wide sets and just chucking the ball over the field, you're going to throw interceptions and they weren't scoring as much because um, that's that offensive line was as good as it was in the year in the past. I, I do think Cam Makers kind of fills that gap of, of what Todd Gurley gave to them. He's a great uh, receiver out of the backfield. Uh, you know, offensive line's not great, but you know what? It wasn't great at Florida State either. And he still managed to, to, to put yeah. some numbers up. So I do think that Cam Makers adds an element to this offense that they were missing. And I do think they go back to being a, a, one of the top offenses in the league. And I think you see, you know, Goff, maybe not quite the year he had two years ago, but I do think he's going to be much better than he was last year. Yeah, Goff's interesting for me. I, I, I don't have him as a really high-ranked guy, but he is someone, if he falls to me in the right spot, um, and I've got plenty of other depth. I'm I'm all for taking him because I do like his upside. And, and I think with Gurley not there, it does open him up a little bit more, and, and it could lead to more passing in this offense. Um, the touchdowns, you know, dropping down by ten. Yeah, touchdowns ebb and flow every year with with these guys. I mean, unless you're Russell Wilson and you're just going thirty, 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 thirty. Um, but. <laughs> Goff's not quite Russell Wilson either. So, um, you know, I, I think that, that he's got a good skill set. He's got a good offense. And, and you know, if they could just somehow find a way to get some help on that offensive line, it would it would do wonders for him. Yep. So, I think the screen game with Akers will help that yeah. off the line as well, which is something they didn't really do much of last year was, was when that screen game with Gurley because he just had, didn't have the lateral movement that he would have the previous year. Yeah, uh, I think I think golf in a in a one QB redraft league is 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 hashtag uh, late round quarterback because I do think he's going to be that he's kind of in that Matt Stafford range where like he always went late but always ended up you know in the top twelve or right in the top twelve. I think uh, golf can be that same kind of quarterback where no one loves him, but if you're the guy that you know drafts quarterbacks late and stacks a lot of talent in front of him, I think you can get golf at a pretty cheap rate and he's going to put up some good numbers. I mean, he still had. Like you said, he still had, you know, 4,600 yards, you know, last year as he did the year before. Just oh, it's identical. It's crazy yeah. when I looked at it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that. <laughs> yeah, he threw the it's ball touchdown, 626 man. times, too. So, I mean, they're chucking the ball over the field still. So, it's just yeah, a yeah. touchdown that went down. Well, and a big part of that was Woods. I, he just had nothing last year, and, and he was uh, such a force two years ago. So. Well, and Cooks get... was hurt, and oh, yeah, yeah. Gurley was out. So, like, yeah, the offense could be totally different for him this year. And he's not going to be, like, he golf is never going to be the guy who's going to lead the team. He's not going to be the reason why they're good. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. He's going he's gonna to be the, the reason why they don't completely suck. Like, let's put it <laughs> that way. Like, he's going to be all right. Like, he's going to be able to get – he's going to – 
make do with the weapons that he has. And so he needs his weapons to perform. Um, so, yeah, I, I I do have him ranked pretty low. Um, I'm probably not going after him in, in any league. But, uh, I mean, I'm not totally discounting a bounce back, but I'm not counting on it either. I just don't believe in him that much. And the offensive line. Huh? Where you have him ranked? I'm just curious. <clears throat> right now, I've got him 21. Although I'm probably going to slide Burrow below him at this point with the whole like no off season and no preseason. Like I, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna discount the rookies a little bit. Um, I guess and Burrow I, was only like one or two ahead of him. Anyway, I'm pretty high on him. I guess I got him at 15 actually. So I'm just outside the top 12. I, I think. Yeah, I mean. You're looking at like my 15 to 21 range. I'm looking at like Daniel Jones, Cam Newton, Tannehill, Minshew, Mayfield, Golf. I mean, that's it's they're all kind of the same. Like the I could flip a, yeah. I could flip a six kind of side of you know dice right there and just be like, whatever. I'll take yep. whichever one at that point. So you know, it's like a QB two, sure. All right. Well, let's put the uh, the D and D on hold for a minute and uh, finish out here. Going back to Mr. Jimmy G. Um, obviously we, we already talked about San Fran being a, a real run heavy, you know, run first offense. Um, I mean, do you really see Jimmy G as someone that you would want to own or is he more of a streamer, you know, or would you trust him as a streamer at this point? He does have some nice matchups against the NFC East, Arizona, Miami. I mean, what are you looking at for, uh, for Jimmy I, this year. I do think he's definitely a streamer, but I don't think Arizona and Miami are the teams I'm streaming him against only because we can run the ball against those teams and he won't pass the ball. I That's think you're him against like the Saints where they're going to have to put up points and they're going to have to score. And I think that's where Jimmy G gets his, you know, could be a streaming worthy uh, candidate. So, but to draft him to, to be your starter or even to be like a backup, uh, I don't think he's worth it. I think you can stream him for sure. Uh, and then, you know, there is a possibility that they, you know, they have, what, four or five running backs there. So they're they're set there. So but I do think that Shanahan, the, somewhere in the back of his mind, he wants to pass the ball. I mean, we saw it with with Matt Ryan. We saw it when he was in Washington. We saw it in the second half Super Bowl last year where he just forgot to yeah. run the ball. So I do think there's going to be a time <laughs> going to open up the, the, the Jimmy G, you know, floodgates and let him throw the ball all, all over the field. I don't think it's this year, though. I think they run the ball, play good defense again this year. Maybe in the next year after that, they'll give him a little bit more free reign if he can kind of make it through the season. Yeah, so. I, I'm I'm with you, man. I, I It's going to be hard to trust Jimmy G in a lot of matchups just because they're going to run the ball so much. So, like, it's, it's going to have to be, like, a DFS-type play where you need to save money on your quarterback. Yep. And, and, and that's pretty much it. Even in, like, a redraft league where i could possibly stream quarterbacks it's going to be hard to to play him over other guys who are probably going to be available for me so he's he's the quarterback you stream when your team is really good and your quarterback's on a bye and you need someone just to not hurt you yeah don't get negative points and we'll be good i think he's that quarterback that will do that for you yeah just about so yeah good call on that one so all right let's move over here to the running backs uh we got kenny drake at 11 Chris Carson at 16, Raheem Mostert at 26, Cam Akers at 30, Daryl Henderson at 41, Tevin Coleman 42, Chase Edmonds 50, Rashad Penny at 52, Carlos High 64, Malcolm Brown 65. So start here again with Arizona. You know, they're they're the they're the most interesting team in this division, in my opinion, when it comes to the offense. So 
Kenyon Drake, the dude finished running back four the last eight weeks of the season. Absolutely came out of nowhere. Obviously, he got traded, you know, but nobody saw that coming. Nobody. nobody. So, if you happen to have Drake or pick him up or whatever it is, you uh, you struck gold, and uh, you lucky bastard. So, anyway. <laughs> um but honestly, there's a lot of questions, and you see it on Twitter and whatever else. So you having conversations like, "Can he do it for a full 16 weeks?" Um, I mean, do you believe that he can? And especially with that's with this high flying offense, uh, that his ADP is worth it at 11, or is it still too rich or too low? Like, what do you think? Uh, so I am buying the hype. I do think Drake is going to be that good, and that he can do 16 games. However. Uh, the ADP of 11 is too high. There's just too many uh, running backs there that I like more than Drake. You know, if I could get like a, a Joe Mixon at the end of that first round and then, you know, I'd pick 11 and then come back and get Drake in the second round. Or even if Drake slips a little bit, you know, guys that don't think that he can do it again and you can get him in the middle of the second, end of the second, I think that's where I'd rather have him because there is too many good running backs in that first round that I'd rather take one of the guys that I know is going to be good for a full season like Nick mm-hmm. Chubb or Joe Mixon. Whereas Drake is more of a, a mid-second round pick for me. However, I do think that you know he is the real deal. I saw him in his first game after he got traded playing my 49ers. Nobody <laughs> bought into him. Nobody, Everyone was like, oh, he's not going to do good. Don't start him. Don't start him. He came out and he killed us in that game. And everybody's like, oh, man, who's this guy, Kenyon Drake, all of a sudden? <laughs> just lit us up. And it, it was like, did it, and did it again, I think, a few games later, too. Yeah. He did the same thing to us again. So it wasn't like, incredible what he did, dude. Yeah. yeah. Especially when you consider that they had David Johnson, who couldn't do what Drake was doing. So, like, what was Johnson doing wrong? Is Johnson really just washed up, or um, you know? But Drake did what he couldn't do. Yeah, I mean that's that just speaks volumes itself because San Fran was so good against the run last year, and Drake just bucked that trend right out the window real quick. Yep. Um, and it could have partially been because. They weren't used to seeing him. You know, he was a new face and and trying to prove himself on this team after the trade. So, yep. you know, who knows? But uh, moving on to uh, back up to to the Seattle Sound. Uh, oh, wait. Oh, different different team. Sorry. Uh, Chris Carson. What's that? Yes, the Kraken. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm going straight from, from beer to rum tonight, guys. So it's going to get a little hectic. Real quick. The new NHL team, man. <laughs> Love it. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Chris Carson. Uh, I mean, this guy finished running back 10 over the first 15 weeks. But, you know, then he's get the hips. Has the hip injury come up? Cuts the season short. I mean, are, are we in the right mindset to be discounting him because of this injury? Or should he be drafted higher than where he's going? I mean, Shit, in some of the SFB drafts, he was going as high as, or I'm sorry, as late as the sixth round. Um, you know, granted that's a super flex, premium, tight end scoring, but still, I, I feel like six is is a little far out for Carson with that production. Yeah, I agree 100, percent and and I hope that everybody is discounting him because I'm buying him anywhere that I can, especially if I'm getting him in the sixth round for sure. Uh, because, you know, Pete Carroll's shown up before. He's a, a one running back kind of guy. I think they've we've kind of tried to put the, you know, Rashad Penny in there. If they're going to do a committee, we've tried to do, you know, different guys through their career. And it always tends to be one guy. You know, it, and Chris Carson is that one guy right now. 
Um, and it's funny that we kind of give him that injury-prone label, but, I mean, he's played, what, 14 games in 2008? He played 15 games last year. Uh, it's not really injury-prone. You know, if that's injury-prone, then every running back in the NFL right now is injury-prone because they don't always, yeah. you know, almost never play a full 16 games. So, you know, I, I think the the bigger issue for Carson is is ball security. He had that stretch last year where he had a couple fumbles in a row, and that yeah, kind of hurt him a little bit. So I think yeah. if he can get that fixed, um, I think Carson is definitely in the RB1, you know, category as far as the top 12 guys. So if I can give a sixth round, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yep. dude. Uh, so I I wrote the notes down this week, and he went sixth round in my Scott Fishbowl League. Now I went like three running backs. I went Lamar and then two running backs. And then like I forget exactly what I went, but I ended up like fading running back in those like fifth, sixth rounds. And I all of a sudden like, well, not sixth round I did, but in the fifth round I was just like, oh, I don't want a running back. And I like let it pass. I need a receiver. Like it's coming back, and I'm going, holy crap! Chris Carson's still sitting there, <laughs> two yeah. picks before me. The guy who went four receivers and a quarterback goes, oh, Chris Carson, and I'm like. <laughs> I, I said the guy i'm like you are so lucky dude he's like yeah i know I, I would have never guessed carson would have fallen to me there and i'm like you're so freaking lucky like you go zero running back in a super flex league and that's who you get as your rb1 like you actually got an rb1 in round six yeah yeah same. total garbage like i don't know why my league let that happen but they did but another thing that's how i'm go five Four was like the earliest. I think our producer Jeff, uh, he got him in round three. He took me the end around the very end around. He he had the twelve, so he took him in the end around three, knowing he wasn't going to come back. Yep. Smart, because I mean that's exactly what he needed to do to get somebody like him. I'm with you, yeah. man. Like the only worry I have is like it seemed like at the very end, right before Penny got hurt, is they were trying to get Penny more involved, and Penny was producing like big yeah. time. They like it was hurting Carson those couple weeks. Carson was still performing with well, but. Um, I mean, Penny's probably not hurt him. Yeah, it was a yeah but Penny's not, I mean, likely not going to be healthy to start the year. He's going to start thinking of the pub, and who knows? I mean, they brought in, like, Carlos Hyde. Like, yeah, I'm not worried about Carlos Hyde. So if Carson is healthy to start the year, which it sounds like he's going to be, I'm all in on this guy. You can get him in round three easily in redraft leagues right now. So go for it, guys. So moving over here to your San Francisco 49ers, as we've kind of mentioned before, this backfield is – you know, a four-headed monster potentially. You know, we've got Mostert, we've got Coleman, we've got Wilson, and then possibly McKinnon coming back from injury. Uh, it's just, it's kind of a muddled mess, and it has been for years, and you really never know who to start, but it seems like most people in the industry and across fantasy football in general are buying in on Mostert. And he did well last year, and you know he, but he demanded the trade. They signed him. It didn't seem like he got exactly what he wanted. I thought he'd get a lot more for demanding a trade, but whatever. Uh, I mean, are you sure enough on Mostert, like some of the rest of these guys are? It seems like to buy him where he's going. So last year, coming into the season, it was kind of the same talk. It was Tevin Coleman. It was Jerick McKinnon before he got hurt, uh, and it was Brita. It was that those three guys, and and coming into last year, I was saying buy the cheapest guy, who at the time was Brita. No one was talking about Brita. Right. Turns out I should have gone even cheaper and gotten Mostert, but I had the right philosophy, just the wrong running back, and that's what I'm going to say yeah. this year as well. I think get the cheapest guy, and I think right now it's Jeff Wilson Jr. 
Uh, I think Tevin Coleman and Mostert, where they're going, is a little bit too rich for my blood because it will be a three-headed monster. It always has been. Uh, and if you look last year, I think it was it might have been week one and week two when Tevin Coleman had gotten hurt. Uh, they had Jeff Wilson Jr. come in. And he was their goal line back. I think he had yeah. four touchdowns in like That's two good. games. So I think this year, you know, Breed is now gone, obviously. Uh, McKinnon, I'm putting no faith in McKinnon at all. I think, you know, he hasn't played since, uh, I think, 2018 uh, <laughs> playoff game. So, I mean, Don't tell almost, me that. Yep. almost three years he's gone. And he still, I think, last I heard, he still can't cut. So we're a month away from the season. If you can't cut, I don't, I'm not putting any faith in McKinnon whatsoever. So the three-headed monster is going to be Mostert, Tevin Coleman, and Jeff Wilson Jr. And I think Jeff Wilson Jr. is actually going to you know, eventually overtake Tevin Coleman because I didn't see much from him last year at all. I saw him being very tentative. He wasn't hitting the hole the way he had in the past. He was getting those happy feet in the backfield. Whereas Jeff Wilson Jr., when he came into that, you know, those couple of games there, I mean, he was like, there's the hole, I'm hitting it. You know, if anybody's in my way, I'm taking them with me. And that's kind yeah. of how he runs the ball. And it, I think Jeff Wilson Jr. will end up being the, the the second best running back on that team. And where you're getting him right now is is almost free. So I'm saying, I'm saying once again, buy the cheap guy this year, get Jeff Wilson Jr. Yeah. Yeah, you're making me regret my 18th round pick in Raz Bowl. I don't know if you're in that. It's the best ball format or better ball format because they actually have like weekly ra- waivers. But $10, fab, that's it. So you get like ten, oh. p- max of 10 pickups. Uh, McKinnon is running around like running backs flew, man. Like I, I couldn't get anybody good. Uh, thankfully, I went running back heavy early. But McKinnon, I was like, I just need a sixth guy. Uh, and I took McKinnon in the 18th. Like, maybe if he comes back, whatever. Like, I figure, you know, he's not going to be my starter week one, week two anyway. But if he can come back and do anything, who knows? Maybe he's the cheap guy you wanted. That's kind of, I just wanted a piece of the San Francisco running back game. But Jeff Wilson, I just realized they didn't get drafted. So maybe I'll just make that swap real quick in week one. Because go $2 go. with Jeff Wilson yeah. and get him. There you so go. We'll see what happens. Do that. But, uh, all right, so let's uh, close out the running backs here. Uh, we kind of already delved into Cam Akers quite a bit uh, when we were talking about golf, but you know the 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 point I want to bring up here is that he was kind of surprisingly drafted ahead of J.K. Dobbins. You know, very talented running back. Uh, but the big question is, you know, whether or not this is going to be Akers' backfield. Or will it be Henderson's backfield? Or is Malcolm Brown going to split the carries enough? I mean, they're they're kind of their own three-headed, unproven monster over there. So what do you think about Akers I taking think, the main lead? I think it's Akers' backfield. I think maybe with the, with the, you know, no preseason, it may not be week one, Akers' backfield, but... By week four, week five, it's Acres backfield. I mean, you look at the, their stats last year. Malcolm Brown had 69 carries, uh, 3.7 yards per carry. That's not really screaming like, oh, yeah, I get this guy the ball. Uh, same thing with, with Darrell Henderson. I mean, he was even worse. Uh, I think he was 3.7 or 3.8 yards per carry as well. They they both only had like six targets that are not involved in the passing game at all. Malcolm Brown had five touchdowns. That's really what he got his fancy value from. Um, I think Cam Akers comes in. He gets the targets that uh, Gurley didn't get last year. I think he can get those, uh, you know, 200 plus carries uh, easily. And I do think that he is obviously the more exciting player. And they're going to realize right away that he needs to get the ball more, in, in, the ball in his hands more than than Gurley did last year. Yeah, I I totally agree here. Like, and I said it right after the draft. You know, I'm like Jonathan Taylor. 
you know, before the Damian Williams opt out, even CEH and Dobbins and Swift, they're the more talented running backs. Don't don't get me wrong. But their landing spots for 2020 were worse than Cam Akers. Yep. I'd put money down that Cam Akers is the running back one, the number one rookie running back this year for fantasy football because of his landing spot. Yeah. But now the CEH is going to have the gig in. I'm not. Yeah. I'm not making that bet anymore, guys. Yeah. Sorry, you're <laughs> off the table. It's been canceled. <laughs> Vegas pulled it, so uh, opted yeah, out on my bet. I, 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 I love the landing spot for him. I mean, we've seen what McVeigh has done with with talented running backs, and and like you alluded to in the early show, like he ran behind a garbage offensive line at Florida State, and he still produced. Um, the line in LA isn't great, but it's better than what he had there yep. um so i mean yeah I'm i don't watch see- i don't watch most college football but i was reading up on cam makers when i was doing my draft uh scouting and they said not only was it a bad offensive line it was historically bad like it oh, was yeah. it was just terrible was atrocious dude um i mean the florida state was like one of the favorites to go into the year obviously they always are it seems like but like week one and week two they got absolutely trashed and people realized quickly their offensive like couldn't stop anybody so they were like, okay, you guys are unranked. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, so it's oh, man, I'm not a Florida State fan. So sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> not, not rooting for you. But uh, let's move on here to the wide receivers. Um, long list of guys here because there's one at the very end I wanted to, you know, get brought in here that I think is interesting. Uh, starts up here up top with DeAndre Hopkins, number four, Cooper Cup, 13, Tyler Lockett, tw- uh, 20. DJ Metcalf, 22, Robert Woods, 26, uh, Debo Samuel, 29, which kind of surprised me. It's still up that high. Chris, Kirk, yeah, Christian Kirk at 40, Larry Fitzgerald at 60, Brandon Ayuk at 67, Andy Isabella, 85, Josh Reynolds, 86, and the guy who I think is fairly interesting, Jalen Hurd, 95. Um, start off here again, Arizona. We're just going to keep the trend going here. Hopkins, Obviously leads the group as he should. He's been a monster his entire career, you know. And the last three years with, uh, you know, Watson over in, in Houston has been amazing. But now he moves to Arizona, has a second-year quarterback, as we mentioned, Kyler Murray. Uh, I mean, any worry that he's not going to be able to return that kind of ADP, or are you still you still all in on him? I think that his ADP has slipped enough that I'm definitely all in on him. I don't think he gets the, what, 145-plus targets that he was seeing before. Um, but I do think that they'll be a very efficient targets. I mean, the only thing that stopped D-Hop his entire career was Brock Osweiler. I mean, <laughs> he's the only one that was able to kill Dottie Hopkins. I think that, you know, that's, that's you know, Kyler Murray is obviously much better than that quarterback. And, you know, Deshaun Watson was good for, for D-Hop as well. And I think Kyler Murray... Um, will be you know more efficient this year. Their their big thing last year was they weren't good in the red zone. Um, they moved the ball down the field and then couldn't score in the end zone. And I think D Hop brings that extra element there where they can get the ball into the end zone and and D Hop will maybe not get as much targets, maybe not get as much yards, but I do think his touchdowns can go up a little bit. And I, yeah, I'm buying Hopkins because I think he's uh, what would you say he was as ADP? So ADP of according to fantasy pros is four. I've seen him go later than that. I mean, yeah, me too. I've seen him yeah, go way later yeah. than that. So I was actually surprised to see it at four. Yeah, I've actually gotten him in a few of my leagues in mid-second round, and he's like wide receiver six or seven, uh, even eight possibly. 
And I, I, I think that's perfect where I'm going to buy him at because I do think he's still going to be a stud there in, in Arizona. Yeah, I, I like D-Hop. Definitely, if he comes back around to me in the second, I'm, I'm all over trying to, to jump on him then. Um, dude's too talented. And, and I think Murray and him are just going to click you know, real quick. And uh, it's going to be like him and Watson you know, never really went away. It, it'll be very similar in my mind. So, all right, moving back into the uh, the Rams here. Um, now, now we're talking about no girlies, one cup, and some woods. So <laughs> you've <No>. got, you know, <laughs> I don't know. It, it, that was that was a team name that people were putting up there, and it just I, whatever. So Cooper Cup, Robert Woods. You know, if you look at their their ECR rankings, you know, they're right on top of each other with Woods getting the slight edge 16, 17. But ADP, it's completely different. And Cup is ahead of Woods by, you know, twice as many spots, 13 to 26. I mean, what gives here? What are why? Why is there such a discrepancy? And, and which side are you falling on more, the, the ECR or the ADP? Yeah, so it's funny because we actually, last night on my show, we did an all-wide receiver show. It was just all at receivers, and this is one of the questions that I brought up, too, is I think Cooper Cup ended up last year as, as the number four receiver overall. I think that, you know, in PPR leagues, at least, he was number four, number five, depending on how your scoring is done. And he didn't make the top 12 in the rankings that we did on our podcast. And I'm like, how is he not a top 12 receiver when he was top four last year? And it's crazy how they're just discounting this guy, but... It, in the drafts, I think he's still going pretty high because he is Goff's go-to, and he's the guy that he looks for, you know, in the in, in the red zone, in the end zone, and I think that's where Cup kind of gets his value from. He's not going to be that flashy guy. He's not going to get you those ceiling games of like you know weak winning games, but he's going to be consistent. I think my my guest last night called him Steady Eddie. He's just going to be consistent the entire year, and and you want that in fantasy. You want to have consistency. You don't want to have to you know worry about the the big spike game is great, but those games when they don't do anything at all, that kills you. Whereas Cooper Cup is just going to be steady. And and as long as Goff's the quarterback, he's going to get his targets. And I think he'll get those red zone targets as well. So I, I'm buying Cup anywhere I can, especially with how late he's been going in some of my drafts. Is, is give me Cooper Cup for sure. Yeah. Joe, what do you think? I, I'm all over Woods, man. Um, the, my my problem with Cook, or Cup, Cook, uh, my problem with with cup is that like man he has some disappearing acts last year dude um and i get it that that was disappointed people thought it was gonna be much better but i mean if cup hadn't scored 10 touchdowns we're talking a pretty mediocre year from him like except for the first like eight weeks the second half of the season he, if he hadn't scored five touchdowns it would have been bad news man yeah, um, you're talking probably like wide receiver 60 or worse at that point without those touch, you know, with like an, a normal amount of touchdowns to like what two or three. Um, the first half of the year carried him as far as like production wise with yards and catches, you know, you're talking like, you know, 9, 12, 15, 17, 10 targets and nobody saw it coming because he was coming off the injury. Right. Um, and fair game, man, like that, that was a legit excuse. Nobody saw that coming, but then like, it's just like his body got tired or something. Like it just fell off to where woods. It seemed like he was good, but he was getting unlucky in the end zone department. 
Yeah. And so I'm thinking the regression is going the opposite way for them this year, which is why I have them flipped. I actually have Woods 12 and Cup 23. So it's like completely flipped with the ADP for me and my rankings with them. Like I'm buying all in on Woods this year and him like being the better touchdown target this year and still producing like he does in the air, especially without Cook there for the entire year. Yeah, I'm exactly the opposite of you. I have Cup at 15, <laughs> and I got Woods at 21. So we'll guess see. It, hey, it's, it's all of, over the place with these guys, man. You know it's just mean? like last year, too. I mean, last year was three guys. Either Brandon Cook's in there. I mean, these guys are going back to back to back in some drafts. Uh, I always had Cook's late. I don't know. I never – I never. not that I thought that the injuries and the concussions were coming for him, but I just – I couldn't buy – I have never bought into Cook's. I know, like, his end-of-the-year game has always been, like, decent – uh, but he's just one of those like guys where he just has like three or four like blow up games and the rest is like, okay, <laughs> what else are you doing with me? Thanks, Amari Cooper. <laughs> uh, I gotta get my Amari jab somehow, of right? Course. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, all right. So, what do we got next here, Joe? Seattle. Yeah. So you know, just like L.A. We got two guys who are leading the show here. And, and again, the ADPs and ranks are super close. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I mean, just cut to the chase here. Like, you preferring Lockett or Metcalf here? Uh, it's Metcalf for me. I, I think we saw the second half of last year. I know uh, Lockett was hurt, so that's kind of a little bit of a, a misleading. But I do think Metcalf, as a rookie, uh, I think I said earlier he was top five in end zone targets, which, you know, is pretty good for a rookie. But he didn't convert a lot of them, which is the issue. But I do think that this year that regression goes up. I think he converts those end zone targets into touchdowns, uh, puts him over. You know, I think uh, Lockett is super efficient and it will still be a good fancy receiver. Uh, it'll be the touchdown that separates them. I think Metcalf is more of that uh, prototypical, uh, you know, number one receiver, especially when you get down to the red zone. He's huge. I mean, he's a, he's a monster down there. So, yeah. yeah. So I think, you know, and then, you know, if you look at their targets, Beyond those two guys, I mean, they, I mean, I know they have like some tight ends there that are okay, but nothing that you're really too worried about sealing yeah. targets. I mean, it's basically Lockett and Metcalf, Lockett and Metcalf, and, and Wilson's going to use those two guys for sure. Yeah, I agree, AJ. Yeah, I, uh, I've been a big Lockett fan for a long time and, and I've owned him on a handful of teams and he kind of let me down finally. So I feel like I am moving more onto the Metcalf uh, bandwagon a little bit, you know, burn me once shame on you and see you later. You're never on my team again. Uh, (laughs) There's no burn me twice. (laughs) Um, So I I do like Metcalf. I have, uh, I have snagged him up in a a couple of my leagues this year. So I'm I'm really looking forward to finally owning him and, and just seeing that breakout uh, come, come to fruition here. Yeah, to show how high I am on Metcalf, I actually have him in my top 12 right now. He's number 12, but he's in my Whoa. top 12. Yeah. That's still in the top 12. You are bold, my yeah. friend. I mean, yeah, I like it. I don't have either one in the top 20. I'm not going to lie. Wow. Uh, I will probably move them because Sutton's moving down slowly. I haven't updated my rankings in like a few weeks because I've just been waiting for this opt-out thing. But I'm I'm moving numbers <laughs> around, and I think it's I think it's looking like Sutton and people like that are gonna slide down. Um, just every, he's he's it's happened every rankings I've done. He's just slid down every time, just because 
if you were here when uh you know the ball blast was on they uh we we, we trashed lock pretty bad so <laughs> put that was, taste in my mouth a, it was a brutal show for it drew was, lock it was the we hate drew lock show wow it was fun. wow uh I actually like Drew Lock. I'm buying him, especially in Dynasty. I, I mean, redraft not so much, but Dynasty. Dynasty maybe, but yeah, I mean, redraft. You know, that that's the thing. It was just kind of like this year's not the year to be buying into these guys, and so yeah. Uh, all right, last wide receiver question here. Back to your good old 49ers. I mean, this receiving core, let's be honest, isn't very exciting, especially with Debo going down. We don't know how long he's going to miss. It's sort of you know, it, it's just kind of an unknown right now, which is unfortunate. I mean, do you guys want to do you want to own any of these guys? Even Debo? So Debo, I'm buying him at a discount, which the ADP you gave me was not at a discount. So that I wouldn't be buying him at that. Yeah, ADP. I was shocked. To see yeah, that. that must be I, like. Yeah, so it's, it's possible that it is the ADP, but maybe it just hasn't gotten discounted enough. But I think as we get closer to the season, if he's still not ready, you'll see that come down a little bit. And if I can get him you know, as a bench receiver, as my receiver four, receiver five, I'm doing it because he will come back eventually. This you know injury, he's supposed to come back for week one. Maybe he's not fully healthy. They kind of hold him out for a few games. But he will come back, and he will be you know, what he was last year or even better. I do think he has got that chemistry with, with Jimmy G, and he could be a, a league winner if you can get him cheap and, and have him as your you know, sort of fourth, fifth receiver on your bench. Yeah, I think uh... – I do like uh, Brandon Ayuk coming in. I think he's going to probably be the the main benefactor for uh, for any missed time for Debo. Um, you, Joe, you mentioned Hurd as uh, the the you yep. know sleeper pick to get him. Honestly, I like Kendrick Bourne better than I like Hurd, um, partially because we've seen what Bourne can do. Hurd, you know, had the injury last year, so he didn't really get to you know come out and and show what he can do but i know he's uh is very touted and very uh very liked in that um in that clubhouse so i think both of those guys are are all gonna be worth something but i mean you're not drafting born for the most part unless you're in really deep leagues uh I, i think he's just going right by the wayside there so yeah, it's it's crazy with Bourne too, because as a Niners fan, I I I don't like Bourne for different reasons because he uh he had some very very untimely drops uh, last year that cost <laughs> a couple games there, uh, so that's why I'm kind of off of him. But at the same time, I think what he have like five touchdowns last year. I think Jimmy G kept looking for him. Yeah, like um, every every like other catch, it seemed like he was, was getting a touchdown. It was almost like the the Chris Carter thing. All he does is catch touchdowns, but literally, it's all he caught because he dropped the passes that he that were that weren't touchdowns. It seemed like yeah, it's uh, like uh, I'm not in the end zone. I, I I don't want this. Exactly, <laughs> get it out of here. Exactly. I think he had a big drop uh, in that Seattle game that we lost the first one in the, in the overtime where we could have gotten the first down. He dropped it, got picked off, and it, it, you, we ended up losing that game. But uh, Brandon Ayuk's interesting because he is he is very cheap. You can get him late in in redraft leagues. And he's a receiver that is a a, a a yak monster. You know, he's like the, in the Golden Tate kind of mold where he'll catch that ball, you know, one, two, a lot of scrimmage and then just take it to the house or, you know, pick up, you know, 15, 20 yards. And I think that fits what Shanahan wants to do. They've got, you know, one of the lower A dots in the league as far as their offense goes. They don't mm-hmm. throw the ball down the field very much. So I think Ayuk uh, fits the offense perfectly. 
Uh, as long as he can get in on the field and be a starter, uh, I do think that he will be an interesting one. And you mentioned Jalen Hurd, and I mean, this guy is extremely versatile. I think he was a running back at one point, then he was a receiver, he's played tight end. So he's kind of all over the place. He can do it all. Yeah. So I think Shanahan likes having those kind of guys for those gadget players. And and in offense like that where, you know, they're going to be in the in the red zone uh, often, I think Jalen Hurd has value just in, in touchdown upside because of just how big he is and, and what he can do. Yeah. Yeah. I, don't, I wouldn't say a ton about this, but, like, so I just want to say, like, in, in my Razzball League, right, so Ayuk went in 13 – uh, you were wondering, like, I, I kind of wondered where, um, uh, like I don't know right now. I don't know why. Um, Samuel Debo, Debo, oh, right? Debo. So Debo still went in round eight, hmm. which is super. I mean, I guess best ball, like you're thinking, whatever. I can sit on the guy for a few weeks, but like, still seems kind of early. Like he went ahead of Will Fuller and Mike Williams and. You know, guys like that where, like, I would take them over Debo still right now because um, we don't know. Like, this guy could miss half the season. He could miss the entire season. We've seen these types of injuries just ruin guys for an yeah. entire year. Ayuk um, went in 13, and then, funny, Heard went the pick after me in 18. Then I took McKinnon. But I didn't, need a, I didn't need a receiver at that point. I was loaded with receivers, so I was just like, whatever. Uh, but I took Heard in Scott Fishbowl super late. Nice, because like I loved him last year coming in, yep. and then the injuries just happened. So like, I'll buy into those guys again. Like I'll give them a chance. You know, you have your injured rookie year, whatever. I'm not gonna fault you for that. Um, so hopefully it comes, especially with the Debo injury. Like maybe he's gonna get a little more, a little more love there, because he's had some work with with Jimmy G. And again, I'm discounting the rookies this year. I just don't think they're gonna get enough work. No preseason. Camp can be camp, right? You know, that's fine. You can get some work with your guy, but getting work with, you know, real time games is a different ball game, guys. Like it's gonna affect these rookies big time. And the guys changing teams. Yeah. That's gonna be a big deal. So DeAndre Hopkins, you know, we've mentioned him before too. Like maybe we should think otherwise having him so high. He's a pro. I get it. But getting on that same page and that timing is going to be an issue, I think, with these guys. So you're going to look at these teams who are sticking together like Kansas City, right? And just going like, oh, they're just they're just going to roll house at this point because they're just they're already on the same page. But um, AJ, you want to move on with the rest of this, man? Yeah, let's uh, let's finish things out here with the tight ends. Um, so we've got Mr. Kittles and bits and bits and bits at number two overall. Got Tyler Higby at seven, and then you don't have anything else until Journeyman. I guess you could call him that now. Uh, Greg Olson at twenty-four. So Kittle clearly one of the top tight tight ends in the game right now, um, as in the NFL game and in the fantasy game. What do you prefer? And this might be a bit of a biased question, but. Between Kittle and Kelsey, who's so, your who's your number one? So Kittle's my number one, and it is because I'm a Niners fan. Because I think if I look at it in a different light, Travis Kelsey is used as a pass catcher almost every play, whereas yeah. Kittle is such a good blocker 
that there are games where he is just blocking. I mean, there's a there's a video on YouTube if you Google it, uh, uh, George Kittle laughing on a block, like he literally yes. blocks it's the guy hilarious. and is like laughing while he's doing it. It is so <laughs> good. So yeah, I think uh, I think that reason alone uh, limits Kittle a little bit because. He does love to block, and they use him in that fashion, whereas Kelsey isn't much of a blocker. He's more of just a, you know, a pass catcher. And then, of course, I mean, you got Patrick Mahomes there. So, I mean, obviously that gives you a huge advantage right there. Um, and, I, I, you know, if I'm drafting, I'm taking Kittle because I want to have my guy. But if I'm taking my my bias out of there, I'm, I'm taking Kelsey, uh, Kelsey right now because I do think he is the better uh, fancy tight end right now. All right, Joe, who you got? Yeah, I mean, that that's that's kind of the way I see it. I, I, I love both these guys. They're both phenomenal. Um, Kelsey's probably going to give you the more consistent games. Kelsey's going to have some down games. More just so because the offense, you know, it, it's not just the Mahomes for Jimmy G factor. It's the Kansas City's going to pass more than San Fran will. You know, that's going to be the truth. And so... And yeah, he brought that video. That's awesome. <laughs> that, that, I've seen that video. It is fantastic. I just, I laugh with him every single time. You feel bad for the dudes he's blocking. Like, yes. What do you think of when you're getting like thrown to the ground by this guy? And he's just <laughs> laughing at you. Like he's such a monster. So it's funny to, to watch. So, um, so moving over here to the Rams, we've got, you know, Tyler Higby, man. <sighs> What an end of the year. Yeah. Tight end one the last six weeks of the season in half PPR leagues. I mean, unbelievable. I will admit he won me two leagues. Um, <laughs> nice. Picked him up and was like, yep, thank you, man. Uh, I mean, that, of course, was with Gerald Everett hurt or, you know, basically not playing, even if he was healthy. Uh, but Everett's supposed to be healthy this year. You know, you can get Higby at seven for tight ends. Should, are you buying all in on that? Or are you worried that, like, they're just going to swap ever back in or maybe not swap it back in, but mix it enough to where Higby's not going to get enough work to be even a top 10 tight end? So I love Higby, and I've been buying him everywhere. With that said, all the leagues that I've been drafting Higby in, I'm not getting him at tight end seven. I'm getting him at, like, tight end 11. I like him much better there. Well, I don't play in your leagues. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everyone hates on Higby for some reason, and, I, and I'm buying him everywhere. And I, I do think, you know, that run he had last year, not only was it, you know, great for fantasy, but it was actually historic. I think there's only two tight ends that have had a, a streak of, of games like he did to end the season. And you can't just discount that. You can't say, oh, well, it, you know, so-and-so was hurt, so that's why he did it, because it's never been done before. You know what I mean? Two tight ends in history have done it. So you can't discount that by just saying the other guy was hurt. Uh, on top of that, you know, they traded away Brandon Cooks. They're going to go with uh, two receiver sets with two tight ends a lot more than they did last year. So that puts both Everett and Higby on the field a little bit. So he's still going to be on the field running routes on those plays uh, with the two tight end sets. And I, I, I do think Higby is the guy that's going to be, you know, the, 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 the number one guy there as far as tight ends go. I think Everett's going to be okay, but I don't think it's going to be uh, enough to take away from Higby being a, a tight end one. So one of the uh, uh, sorry, Adrian. I know usually you should jump in here, but I want to ask a follow up question real quick. A receiver we didn't mention in the ADP because he's not being drafted, but Van Jefferson, Rams guy. Yep. I love the talent of this guy. I think he's an underneath, like kind of bulky receiver. Get the ball in his hands, make a play. 
I feel like there's a potential there where he could take away from some of the tight end work. Any thought into that? That is possible, and I do think if we're talking dynasty probably, but like you mentioned earlier, discounting the rookies, I yeah. think that that's going to hurt him a little bit because he was a you know, a, a later round uh, receiver, and he had some I, – I, I don't follow college too much, but I think he had some off-the-field things or something going on. He's, so, you know, there is that to worry about as well. But I, I, I still think that uh, Higby – like I said, you can't discount what he did. It's a historic, you know, run that he had there. You can't just say, well, that was just because someone so was hurt or because of this happened. I just think that he's good. He's that good for a reason. I do think it, and maybe not at that rate, you know, for the whole season. Right. <laughs> good enough to be a, a tight end one because, you know, and in this day and age, you catch, you know, four or five touchdowns and, and you know, 50 passes, you're a tight end one because they're just, that's right. just, it's pretty bad. But uh, I, I, I still, I love Higby. So I'm, I'm buying him everywhere. Yeah, I think he's a very intriguing uh, prospect to get. And I've seen him fallen a little bit, too, in some of my drafts so far. And I don't really understand why, um, unless people are just looking at, uh, well, it's it's because Everett got hurt. So, yeah, okay, Everett got hurt. This guy came in, but he exploded. I mean, it wasn't like he just came in and was a serviceable tight end he was phenomenal so you can't take that away from him uh, at all and i definitely think he's worth owning as a uh as a td uh te1 this season all right joe let's yeah, finish think, it out oh sorry go ahead, go ahead joe. i just pulled up an adp not adp but i pulled up a recent mock draft that i did just to see because i knew i got higby in it um i got him in the 11th round so I, i've taken him 11th round so for sure yeah all day. All right. Um, all right. Yeah. So the last one we got here, uh, Mr. Olson. So he has switched teams now for just the second time in his career. Um, spent 10 years in Carolina. I mean, what are we expecting from him at age 35 with multiple foot injuries and just, you know, down production because of mostly because of those injuries, but, uh, other injuries to Newton and whatever. I mean, are you are you even interested in Olsen as a late flyer at all? No, not at all. And not I mean, <laughs> for purposes, I'm not interested in him at all. I do think he helps the Seattle Seahawks from an NFL standpoint. Um, he does some good things there that you know you have to respect Olsen when he's on the field, so he will draw coverage. But for fantasy purposes, especially like I said with the tight end position. Uh, he's just there's not enough upside for me to to buy into him um now if i'm in a deep dynasty league sure why not but uh, if we're talking redraft leagues no interest whatsoever in your reg olson yeah yeah i'm i'm gonna I'm pass <laughs> what makes this real easy i'm gonna pass yeah this guy is uh he's over dude i mean it's can't can't stay healthy it sounds as he is he's not healthy anymore it's not fast anymore i'm done so yeah. I, yeah. I like when's the last league. time that they've had a tight end one there in Seattle. I think Jimmy Graham did only cause he had like 13 touchdowns. That right. Game. It was crazy. Yeah. But now I'm more on the Disley train. I, I think if he can stay healthy, then I, I love his upside. I mean, everything he's done when he has been on the field has been, you know, Higby esque almost. And it's just like, here's a guy that needs to get on the field. I've I've picked him up as a late flyer in a couple of leagues too. Um so hoping that he can finally play and pan out. Yeah. But so 
Uh, I just want to add one guy here who I think is like he's flying under the radar, and I don't think you should draft him in a standard size league. But watch out for Dan Arnold, guys. Yeah, I've this heard this guy of is a yeah. combine monster. He was just buried in in, in New Orleans. Uh, got traded to Arizona last year. Had a good like week 16, 17. Uh, they've got a couple of the tight ends on the roster, but he's he's talented, and I think he can make some noise. I did draft him super late in Scott Fishbowl. Uh, I tried to get him in Rasbowl and didn't. Somebody else got him right ahead of me. So uh, there's other people that know about him. So I mean, obviously those deeper leagues like that, people are going after him, but. He's one of those guys where, like, if you're going to wait on tight end, keep him as one of your, like, starred players on your waiver wire. Just go after him if he blows up or a couple yep. weeks. Like, that offense doesn't – isn't going to be – shouldn't be great for tight ends because it notoriously isn't. But, like, if there's a guy who Arians can can use, it's going to be – or not Arians. Um, ugh, damn it. What's his name? Uh <laughs> Kingsbury, yeah. thank you. Yeah. Kingsbury, producer in my ear. Uh, Kingsbury is going to use, then it's going to be somebody like him who's just super athletic. And that's probably why he went and got him. Yep. Agreed so, 100% with that one. Uh, and I will say, keep on, your just on that note with those those uh, those deep guys, don't don't get Jordan Reed. Don't do not do it, guys. I know we just picked him up. <laughs> no. Just no, let him know. <laughs> I, Dwelly is so much better than Jordan Reed. Yeah, just let let Dwelly play. Throw Jordan Reed out there as like a decoy on every play, and then by the third quarter of game one, he'll he'll be on the IR already. So, all right. Well, that is all we've got, man. Um, Jeff, I want to thank you for coming on to the show. Uh, it was a little long, but good talking. Uh, all great information. Hope everybody enjoyed it. But uh, before we let you go, let everybody know where they can find you on Twitter and and uh, what you got in store for the guys, man. All right. So yeah, follow me on Twitter um, at Jeff Lambert seventy seven. It's Jeff spelled G E O F F. My show is uh, live every Wednesday night at nine thirty p.m. on Facebook Live, YouTube, and Periscope. Just search for the Armchair Fantasy Show. Uh, the website's going for two.com. We got 30 plus writers there writing everything from, from dynasty to redraft to, to best ball to DFS. We do it all over there. Um, so definitely check that out. And uh, just, if you go on my Twitter handle right now, I've got a, a contest going on right now with uh, it's an eliminator contest for analysts that are under 1000 followers. Uh, we're doing like a March madness style eliminator voting poll. Uh, we're down to the Sweet 16 right now, so just go there and vote for those guys. And more importantly, give them a follow because they're under 1,000. There's some great guys out there, so give them a follow. Let's get them over 1,000 followers. Absolutely. I, I miss getting a couple of my guys guys in. I, I, I saw the tweet like 11 hours in. It was yeah. toast at that point. We're like, we're full. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> so try, try to get a couple of my guys nominated, but uh, they deserve it too. So I'm sitting on Three ninety nine, and I've been there for like <laughs> a week or so at least. And I'm like, yeah. "Who's gonna be it? Come on, <laughs> Who don't be that guy that begs for followers on Twitter." No, man. I, yeah, I, I don't. I don't tweet Sorry. that much. Of I know own. a lot of those. It's, it's mostly good guy. tweets, anyway. I don't know. But, why you do it. 
Like it's gonna happen naturally. Just yep. it'll it'll be good, guys. I relax. Yeah, I'm good with it. Uh, but All right, I lost like fifty followers in between <laughs> football and this football season, and now I'm up again. So apparently I'm only good for football, not baseball. <laughs> <laughs> when we don't have a baseball season, it's kind of hard to gain <laughs> followers. We were still talking baseball. There was supposed to be a baseball season at one point. I was yeah. still dropping followers. But anyway. All right, Jeff. Thanks for coming on, man. Uh, we'll have to do it again soon. So uh, uh, talk to you later, man. All right. All right. Thanks, man. All right, AJ. I, uh, I successfully went through two of these tonight. So feeling good. Uh, let's. Uh, I couldn't tell. By, by the way, Jeff Bragging. Jeff Hicks, our producer, is bragging that he's got more followers than you, AJ. Um, <laughs> Whatever. Whatever, man. Keep him wise down. Oh, that's awesome. Anyway. You know, that's like just your opinion, man. <laughs> it's just your opinion. AJ, maybe you should like, you know, take a three-minute break during that. work and tweet something during the day as he cracks open a beer. Like, like, fuck you guys. <laughs> Just get one of those schedulers. You can just schedule your tweets for the next day. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I just just tweet every other minute a picture of sandwiches and goldfish that I stepped on and absolutely the food, the food goldfish. Hey, I wouldn't step hey, on real goldfish. Any, <laughs> Sick bastards. Any, anything gets it going. So, all right, man. Well, that's all I got. Um, we will close it out there. Jeff, cue the music, bro. Sorry, bro. Yelling at us on the microphone. I mean, AJ's got to like chug his beer during the music, so you got to let us know. I can't hear it anymore, so I guess I just chug. I don't know. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> How long did we run? I, I I can't tell on my screen over here. Oh yeah. yeah.